Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Father, we bless you so much for an opportunity to be here gathered as your children. We thank you so much for what you have done in our lives so far. Thank you for bringing us together here today to bless your name, to magnify you, to exalt you. Thank you for the worship we've just had in your presence. Thank you for the words of prayer that we've just uttered this morning. Thank you for every minister who has been able to make this service possible, Lord God of glory. Every person, God, you've used for today. We thank you for every man and woman who is gathered here this morning. We thank you for the leadership of this particular church, God. We thank you for the leadership of Pastor Alex, God, and all the leaders he serves with in the different locations, God Almighty. But more than that, Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending us, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Thank you because we are born again. Thank you because we are your children. Thank you because there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that shall separate us from the love of the Father that is in Christ Jesus. We thank you, God. And even this morning, Lord, as we receive your word, may you speak to us, each one of us. May you bless us as we listen. May your word go on to do a great work in our lives. May we not remain the same, Lord God Almighty. We thank you. In Christ we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to share with you a message that is called uh, The Power of Prayer and Fasting. The Power of Prayer and Fasting. I am glad for you. I am very excited about the message. So I hope it will really, really bless you. The Power of Prayer and Fasting. And we will be going to different texts in scripture to talk more about it. But I'll start by telling you that actually I don't like fasting. <laughs> yes, I am uh, not like so many people who get so excited when they say prayer and fasting. Me, I don't like prayer and fasting. And even when uh, Pastor Alex was calling me to speak, first of all, he didn't tell me that I was going to talk about prayer and fasting. He just said, oh, could you come on Sunday and speak to us? I was like, yeah, yes. And then I, after I'd said yes, he said, you're going to talk about prayer and fasting. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> of all the topics in the world, you gave me prayer and fasting. And <clears throat> for so long, I didn't like prayer and fasting. And previously, I had my reasons for not liking prayer and fasting. So way back, one of the reasons I used to give for not liking prayer and fasting was because I was small. Now I've put on some weight. <laughs> but that was a time, ah, I think I was smaller than Pastor Simon. That was a time I was really, really, really small. So every time people would talk about, you remember, oh boy. <laughs> so every time people would talk about prayer and fasting, I would be like, ah, that can't be for me. Because I know myself, and if I fast, I'm just going to become smaller and smaller and smaller. I said, no, 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 prayer and fasting is not for me. And when I would try to 
fast, uh, like a few days down the road, someone would find me and say, Henry, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I am okay. They're like, are you sure? It's like, yes. It's like, why? Like, eh, you look too small. <laughs> so at that point, it's as if they'll be telling me, get out of your fast. So one of the reasons why I never used to like prayer and fasting was because I was small, and every time I was fasting, I became smaller, and people would make such a big deal out of it. The other time, the other reason I never used to like prayer and fasting was because I didn't think I could fast all that long. And I would feel like I'm hungry sooner and sooner. So I decided that instead of being more hungry and more hungry, no, fasting is not for me. The other reason was that for me, I grew up from a very humble family. We didn't always have food at home. So I told God, dear God, when I grow up, I want to make sure that I eat. And then I discovered there is fasting. Then I said to God, I can't be moving from starving to starving. <laughs> so for me again, I decided, uh, ah, I think prayer and fasting is not for me. But, and, and then I discovered that I'm not alone. So many different people have their reasons why they don't like prayer and fasting. Every person who doesn't fast or doesn't get excited, they have a reason. I think some people don't like prayer and fasting because they don't understand it. It seems like, what? You're saying I am going to go dry fasting? And they're like, oh, there is more than one way of fasting. Then other people, I think, don't like prayer and fasting because they like food a lot. It's not really like they hate God. They just like to eat. So they look at a plate passing like, hey, God, I'm going to miss that and that and that. Then they said, no, I'm not doing the fasting. Then some people are good. They separate them. They say there is prayer. And then there is fasting. They say, I love the prayer part, but I hate the fasting part. So there are also people like that. That is their reason. You say, are you fasting? No, I'm not fasting. Why? I like prayer, but fasting is hard. Other people I think uh, could have healthy complications. So for them, prayer and fasting is hard because, especially the fasting part, because of their health. Then other people I think are just lazy. They just wake up and like, yeah, like, eh, fasting is a lot of work. <laughs> then they cut back, they say, I'm not going to fast. I mean, different people have different reasons. Then there are other people who I think they just are too intelligent. They can out-reason you when it comes to fasting. They can explain to you and give you all the reasons why fasting is not so good, especially for someone living today in this day and age who belongs to the new covenant. I mean, they can... Ah, like, you try to go and show them scripture. They say, oh, brother, you're in the Old Testament. <laughs> Come to the New Testament. And then you go to the New Testament and say, but you see, there is here. And they say, ah, that was Jesus. I'm not Jesus. So there are people who also don't like prayer and fasting because they feel it is for the Old Covenant, Old Testament. It's not for them. But I think there is something special about fasting. And anyone who has done prayer and fasting will agree with that. 
there is something special about prayer and fasting. Not just prayer, but prayer and fasting. There is something special when someone decides, I'm going to put aside food to seek the face of God. There is something special about someone saying, I'm going not just to fast food, because sometimes we even have to fast social media. Uh, my, my brother, Pastor Alex, uh, one of the things he would do, I don't know whether he still does it, every time he would say, I'm going to fast, he would say, Henry, you're not going to find me on uh, Facebook. Another time he says, even WhatsApp. And he just says, I'm just taking out to this time because I'm praying and fasting. So prayer and fasting, yes, it may start with putting aside food and replacing it with the word of God, replacing it with the presence of God. But actually, it goes beyond that. Sometimes it's, it, it means just putting aside a lot, many more distractions. For people who can't concentrate even for 10 minutes in the presence of God, you may have to look at what is distracting me such that I put it aside and really focus on God. And the people who have discovered the prayer, the power of prayer and fasting will not get mad when someone says we are going to start a fast. Actually, they get excited. And before I would see people being excited, clapping, and I'd be like, what's going on? I'm not as excited as they are. For them, they would be so happy. We are going to start praying. For me, I'd be like, what? <laughs> You're happy? You're going to be hungry? And then, oh, I didn't tell you the other reason. Sometimes, other times when, I've, when I would not like prayer and fasting is when I'm planning for some food somewhere. There is a wedding coming up. There is a conference. There is something. And then they say, there is, I was like, ah, ah. Because one of the toughest things is going to a party and everyone is passing with the plate and you're pretending to be more <laughs> spiritual and more holy. And people are asking you, will you eat? You're like, no. Then they tell, what about fruits? And like, please, please. <laughs> as soon as you are trying to be okay, maybe the food is going, another person comes, what about water? Like, eh, why you go for the water? And then you're trying to say, okay, I fasted, I fasted. And then somebody comes around and says, a piece of cake wouldn't hurt. So other times when I would put up prayer and fasting is when I'm thinking, there is some nice event I'm going to, so I don't need to fast. But I want to tell you that I've discovered and appreciated the power of prayer and fasting through the years. And even though in the beginning I actually started out by saying, no, I don't want. I've changed my attitude a lot about praying and fasting. And actually now, when I see people being more excited, I want to join in in that particular group. I'm like, yes, I belong there. Because there is power in praying and fasting. I want to take you to a scripture in the Bible. It's in the book. It's actually, this scripture is in two parts of, of the Bible. It's both in Matthew and in the book of Mark. In Mark, you'll find it in Mark chapter 9 from verse 14. This scripture actually has a longer version and a short version of it. The short version is the one in Matthew. The longer version is the one in Mark. In Matthew, you find just a couple of, I think in Matthew it goes from uh, chapter 17 from verse I think 14 to 21. And then in Mark, it goes all the way from 14 to verse 29. So let's jump right in. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. 
When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. Tell your neighbor, arguing. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. So let's break down a little bit about that scripture from verses 14 and 15. This scripture happens when the disciples and Jesus, I think three disciples and Jesus had gone to a mountain. And so many things had happened to them. After they had gone to the mountain to pray. And then in the morning they came down. A lot of things had happened on the mountain. And then they come down. They had left some of the other disciples down. So it was Jesus and three. And then he came down to meet all the other disciples. And what they came to find were people, a crowd, arguing. 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 And in verse 16, Jesus asks, What are you arguing with them about? That is what he asks in verse 16. Sometimes there are things that make us argue. You just find something that is making you arguing with people. You may be a wife and you just start arguing with your husband about something. It may be money you're making, he's making, all you're making. So by the way, where does all our money go? You make the money, it goes. You make it, it goes. We are where we were 10 years ago. We are still there. We're still renting the same place we are renting before. Nothing has changed. And sometimes you just don't even know where it comes from. You just start arguing and arguing and arguing. Just like these people were arguing. Other times you may be arguing with your child. Maybe it's because of their performance. And you say, I don't know which head you have on you. We pay all the school fees, we take you to school, and of all marks you could get, this is what you get. The, student look, uh, the child looks at you and thinks, now where did I also come from? Did I come from you, my parents, who are arguing with me? But because they are children, at least of my generation, they can't fight back. But inside their head, they are also arguing with you. Dad, you are abusing me, their head, but I wish you could see yours also. But they can't tell you that outside. They're telling you that inside as they're arguing with you. You may be arguing with friends. Like, but we are going nowhere. We've always been like this. What happened to us? You may be arguing in your ministry. You may be arguing. Maybe your group is not growing. Your uh, MC is not growing. Your ministry is not growing. And then you start fighting and arguing with the people around you. What is wrong with you? Why don't you do your work? By the way, have I also done my work? Don't look at me. Me, I am your leader. You, why don't you do your work? Arguing, arguing, arguing. Sometimes you even start to argue with your own self. You say, well, what happened to me? I work, nothing moves. I save. I look back at what I've saved. I do businesses. They die. They don't even resurrect. So you just start arguing even with yourself. Some of us argue with our pastors. You don't shout at him. You just sit there and you look at him. I know what he's going to say next. He said it the other time. He's going to say it again. Ah, you see, I told you. <laughs> but inside you, you're just arguing. When he makes some joke, you say, ah, that's why I hate people who joke so much. He's always just joking and joking and joking. If he's coming up with someone you don't approve of, I hate that someone. I know what he's actually going to talk about. And he goes ahead and talks about that. Some of us argue with our country. 
You argue with your city, your neighborhood. You argue with the road. Some of us lately, we are just arguing with the road. You're like, look at this road. I hate it. Another pothole and another pothole. You just hate it. And if you come our side, oh my goodness. It's as if we are, when it came to potholes, we are the one who inherited the worst of the worst. Last time even people were doing an exhibition of potholes. They said, oh, see what Uganda has to offer. People say, hey, tourists should come and meet in Uganda. We have something to exhibit. Arguing. Jesus asked, what are you arguing about? In verse 17, a man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit. It has robbed him of speech. Whenever it gets him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth. He becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. That is what they were arguing about. There is a spirit here which has gotten over a child. Your disciples can't do that. That is why we are arguing. In my mind, I keep on thinking, maybe they were arguing about how to best send out that spirit. Maybe some others were saying, ah, please don't complicate things. These things are medical. There is nothing spiritual about this. When you see, this is eclipse. This is not a spirit. Take this one to IHK. Stop putting your hands upon them. I'm thinking that is, could have been what they were arguing about. Maybe they were arguing about uh, the religion where the person was coming from. By the way, are you a Jew or you are not a Jew? Because for us to pray for you, you must first belong to us. Maybe they were arguing about the height. I mean, the things people argue about are weird. Some people argue about who is taller than who. Are you taller than me? Yeah, no, you cannot be taller than me. The shoes. Is a... So people can argue about anything. Here they were arguing about a little boy who had a spirit. So ask your neighbor, what are you arguing about? Please ask them, what are you arguing about? Jesus answers, oh, you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. I like what Jesus said, bring the boy to me. Instead of joining in the argument, he just said, bring the boy to me. I think for some people, Jesus is saying this morning, bring the issue to me. Bring the trouble to me. Bring your husband to me. Bring your wife to me. Bring your child to me. Bring your sickness to me. Bring your finances to me. Instead of just arguing and arguing and quarreling and complaining, bring it to me. Because arguing will not fix anything. You can argue with yourself, why am I not married? Why am I not prosperous? Why am I still renting? Why am I the last in class? Why am I? That will not give you any answers. So here Jesus tells them, bring the boy to me. Because when you come to Jesus, he has the answer for everything, everything that you're arguing about. Anything that other people you will only make trouble with, Jesus has an answer for it. So this morning, Jesus is asking us, bring your issue to me. Because I have something to do with it. I have something to fix it. In verses 20, they brought him the boy, and when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled, foaming on the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? The father said, from childhood. 
It has thrown him in the fire and the water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. For this particular boy, whatever they were suffering from had not just happened. It's not just a few days or a few weeks. It was so many years way back. And we don't even know how old he was. Maybe he was 16 or 17. But they're saying it was going way back when he was a baby. When he was a little child. Sometimes the issues we are really arguing with and wrestling with and talking about actually go way back. You look in your family and realize, actually, people in my family, they don't get married. And you are fighting about that, but you realize it's not just you. It has a pattern. It has a history. Sometimes it's sickness. And you realize this sickness has a history. I'm not the first one to have asthma. They tell me my granny had asthma. And then my father also has it. And then my sisters also have it. And my elder brother also have it. I also have it. Sometimes the things we are dealing with are not just happening in that moment. They go way, way, way back. I don't know what you're dealing with. But you may need to find out how far way back is it gone. Maybe it's a, a habit. And you may need to find out how far way back has this habit been going on. Maybe it is losses you just keep on making. And you find out, wait a minute, it's not just in 2023 when I'm making losses. Every business I get somehow dies. It goes way back. And sometimes it's a village you are ministering on, like we are ministering in Luzira. And you realize the issues we are dealing with even right now. We are not the first to deal with them. People have been dealing with them. They go way back. They've been disturbing people. And sometimes that is why it actually makes people argue. They say, why are you trying to fix this? This cannot be changed. It has always been like that. Please leave it. We know that child is always like that. We know the kids of this community, they are always like that. We know the young, the young men, we are not surprised. Why do you think they put Luzira over here? Of course they knew that the majority would end up there. So they just bring all the others to join the ones on this particular side. Just leave it as it is. Some of the things we are dealing with, my dear friends, are not beginning with us. They go way back. They have a history. And that is why a time like this actually makes sense. Because Jesus says, bring those issues to me. No matter how far way back they go, bring them to me. I, there is something I can do about them. In 23, it says, if you can, that is the father, said uh, the man, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. It looks like even the father had given up. Said, I've tried out all the different people. I've tried everybody they tell me. I don't know whether you can also help. Your disciples have failed. If you can, try. It's not really faith. It's just saying, I'm desperate. Anything. And Jesus almost gets mad. He says, if you can? Really? Everything is possible for him who believes. And I like that particular part of scripture so much. Everything is possible for him who believes. Jesus was telling him and he's telling us that whatever it is, it can be fixed if you believe. Whatever it is, it can be fixed if you believe. So tell your babe, neighbor, please believe. Please tell them, please believe. Because everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed 
I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And in verse 25, the spirit shrieked. Oh, uh, in verse 25, yes. When, the Jesus, when Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. I like how Jesus dealt with the evil spirit. Instead of complaining, instead of arguing, he said, you evil spirit, I rebuke you. Remember this spirit started out like it didn't even seem like a spirit. When actually you read in Matthew, it seems like it was just epilepsy. But Jesus shows us this is not just a medical thing. This is a spiritual thing. So my dear friend, some of the things we are dealing with, they may seem on the outside, they're just physical. They may seem on the outside, it's just a kid being stubborn. It's just someone not performing well. It's just glucera being glucera. It's just a sickness. It's the body breaking down. But Jesus is saying, no, there are always spirits behind the things. That is why I'm telling you, come and bring them to me. Because these things can be fixed if you believe. The worst thing you can do, my dear friends, is to give up on a condition which has not given up on you. If something is still forcing itself hard on you, and you give up, it means you have lost the battle. And Jesus is saying, no, don't lose it. Bring it to me because I know how to deal with spiritual things. He rebuked it and said, come out. I like how the verse actually goes. It says, come out of him and never enter him again. Jesus was not just fixing it for the moment. He was saying, I'm fixing it forever. For the rest of your life, you're not going to have to deal with this particular issue. Never again. Never again. Praise the Lord. And when the boy shrieked and fell down, everybody looked at him. They said, he's dead. But Jesus took him in verse 27 and lifted his hand, lifted him to his feet, made him stand up. I like 28 and 29. It says, after Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. In Matthew it says, this kind can only go out by prayer and fasting. Friends, I've learned that some things don't go away except by prayer and fasting. I'm telling you. There are things that respond to worship. And there are some people who have gotten healed when we are just worshiping. They come in here with an ailment, they start to worship, and then they get healed. But there are some things, my dear, you come to worship. You worship with all the worship that is in you. You kneel down, you cry, you roll on the ground, and you go back with what you came with. <laughs> Why? Because some things do not respond to worship. They respond to prayer and fasting. There are things which respond to the word. You came when your spirit is down and someone preaches a word and you get excited and like, yes. And honestly, it relieves you. It heals you. It restores you. You're like, yes, I've gotten my breakthrough. But there are things you can listen to. One someone, second someone, third someone, fourth someone, fifth someone. The thing just waits for you until you're done. Are you done? Okay, let's go back. You get a radio, you listen to one on the radio, you go on TV, you get on the podcast, you have some on the phone, listens to you and like, yeah, until you learn the secret. Me, I don't respond to someone's. I respond 
to prayer and fasting. If there are things you've been trying to deal with using sermons, using worship, using just reading the Bible, using just saying, amen, amen, someone preaches, like, yeah, amen. Friends, there are some things which are not amen. You have to go down on your knees, put the food aside and say, I'm dealing with this for now and for all it is going out of my life. You have to make that decision. You don't do that. Whatever it is, it's going to remain because you are not speaking its language. That is what was happening in that text. Jesus is able to drive out this spirit because he has discovered the secret of prayer and fasting. Jesus is the one who fasted for 40 days. He's the one who would go out in the morning to, to pray and fast. He's the one who, people would even, his disciples would ask him, have you eaten? And he said, I have food you have no idea about. And his food, he said, is to do the will of my father. You can never do the will of the father in heaven, my dear, when you do not make prayer and fasting a part of your life. What am I asking you to do this morning? Make prayer and worship, prayer and fasting, prayer and the word a part of your life. Get excited about moments and seasons of praying and fasting. Actually, have seasons of praying and fasting in your own week, in your own month, in your own house, at your own workplace. You as an individual say, for me, this is when I pray and fast. Why? Because there is power, power, absolute amazing power in praying and fasting. I'll finish with a story. It's actually a personal story. Last, about a, I don't know whether it's a couple of months back. I don't even know whether it was last year. No, I think it must have been 2020. So between 2019, I think around the end of 2019, I'd written my book. The book had come out. People were excited about the book. But I wanted to see more about the book. And it wasn't happening. I was selling some copies, but I wanted... I wanted actually to go on TV. And I tried out to go to different TVs, try to say, please, uh, there is something I want to say. The best they were giving me were big bills that I couldn't manage. Huge amounts. And I said, I can't handle that. And then during the same time, my body started acting up. It just started rejecting food. I started with, when I would eat peas, my body would reject it. I would scratch myself. It would itch. Then I started beans, it would reject it. I started uh, G-nuts, my body just started rejecting every food. And it at, I reached a point when the only thing I could eat was bread and water. And then I, I tried uh, dry food without any sauce. Then for a while, dry food worked. But then after a while, dry food also stopped working. And I would have to brave I eat the food and suffer about 12 hours of scratching. My eyes would get red. I would become uncomfortable. I would want to vomit. I would get a fever. And I would go with that throughout for about 12 hours. I started dreading food. And this went on for a month, two months, three months. I went to hospital. I went to, they said, no, you've not gone to the right one. I went to the other one and the other one and the other one. They said, no, have you tried IHK? Have you tried nutritionists? Have you tried dietitians? I tried everybody. Nothing was working. Then someone said, have you tried the Chinese? I was desperate. I went to the Chinese. They did their magic on me. Nothing happened. Then one day, I'm in church, Gawa Community Church, and Pastor Peter is preaching about prayer. And I was just seated in the congregation, and the spirit 
just told me, start praying. I started praying. Yes, God. Um, I, I didn't even know what to pray for. So I just went into tongues. Pastor was praying and continuing on. Me, I was praying my simple prayers. And then, uh, about after, I think five to ten minutes, God told me, in my spirit, start fasting. And I said, dear God, you know how I don't like fasting. <laughs> Why are you telling me to fast? Now, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes you can have an issue, and yet you still don't want to do what will help you to overcome the issue. I was already not eating, and yet I didn't want to fast. So I told God, God, at least let me first go and eat my lunch. Then I'll start fasting. Of course, I went ate the lunch. It did its worst on me. And the following day, I started fasting. And God took me slowly by slowly. I thought it was one day, then he said three days, then he said uh, seven days, and I kept on going, and he took me, because God knew his son, so he was taking me step by step, step by step, process by, he never told me all the days, he just took me slowly, slowly, slowly. Then before I knew it, he took me to 21 days. By 21, I was like, okay, I think now I'm becoming a pro. <laughs> Pastor Alex can now come, and we can high five. I went, before I knew it, I was doing 30 if I knew it, I'd gone to 40. And then at 40, he said, stop. I was like, hey, okay. I was like, yeah, I'm used to this thing. Let me do one more. Then I, I tried to do the 41st day. My dear, by noon, I was dying, dying, completely dying. <laughs> I said, no, <laughs> I'm breaking the fast. It was me who was doing the bonus day of fasting. God said, up to 40, I'm done. Beyond photos for Pastor Alex, not me. <laughs> so I went, I ate my food, and nothing happened. No scratching, <laughs> no red eyes, no nothing. It was so miraculous, but because I had prayed, and there is a way praying and fasting just boosts up your faith. I just went and said, Bring the food. Nothing. Second day, nothing. Third day, nothing. Now I'm counting 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, nothing. So I discovered that there is power in prayer and fasting. And as if God, God being a good God, he did one more thing. I told you about my books. I was like, I'd go into TVs, please, please, please. They said no. Someone picks my book, takes it to NTV, and he said, you need to call this guy. In the same week, they gave me a call. They said, we want to host you on NTV for your book. Isn't God amazing? <laughs> Friends, there is power in praying and fasting. And may the Lord bless you. May the Lord show you that power. May you overcome whatever has been overcoming you. May God take over whatever has been taking over you. May God fix whatever was challenging you, whatever was breaking you, because it's the Lord who commanded us to pray and fast, knowing that there is power in praying and fasting. May the good Lord bless you. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 0706-332-572 or 0776 579 679